once and for all, right here and now, let's arrest ourselves of this notion that working and living at home somehow can make us more productive, that our lives improve because of it. I mean, in some cases, and in some ways I'm sure that's true, but even on this show, we've seen how challenging, how stressful living and working all the time at home can be. It's a known entity now. Especially for parents, there is this maddening juggling act going on that's even worse than it probably was before COVID. I can relate to this fact, no doubt, because, well, I live it every day. Some jobs require so much of a person that there just aren't enough hours in the day to get it all done. Add responsibilities at home, a global pandemic, and it can be nearly impossible to manage an average Tuesday. A few weeks ago, I made the mistake of announcing to the boys, I'm going to the bathroom, I'll be back in a minute, please behave yourselves. And of course, when that happened, I closed the door, the kids ran outside, took the dogs with them, ran down the street. It's just so hard to manage it all by myself. From Neon Hum Media, this is Telescope. I'm your host, Jonathan Hirsch. And Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future, we're going to bring you stories of people who are far away, up close, and how each of us are learning to live through this pandemic. Our producer, Carla Green, has this story. It's about 1.30 in the morning, and I think I am done working for the night. This is good since I've been up since about 6.30 this morning. Layla Besson has become nocturnal. Um, I'm going to hit the hay and hopefully sleep until 7 or so when the kids wake up. I don't think I can put two thoughts together anymore at this point in the night. So I'm giving up. I'll review my work tomorrow sometime, and hopefully it doesn't look too crazy. During the day, Layla's house in the suburbs of Ohio is ruled by children, three of them. They're four, seven, and 14 years old. They're all home right now, and they all need her. Oh my goodness, so many snack requests every day. And then the 14-year-old then, if I get up to go do laundry, he'll follow me and say, Mom, I just need you in the room. I just need you here or I will get off task. Wait, he'll follow you into the laundry room? Yes, he'll follow me around the house wherever I go. If I say, you know what, I need to go take a shower, he'll say, can I sit in the other room? Otherwise, I just won't be able to stay focused and I want to get this done. Layla's husband is a doctor. He's not directly working with COVID patients, but he's still going in pretty much every day, which means that Layla is home alone with the kids. So it isn't until after the kids go to sleep that Layla can sit down at her computer to start her work day. It's usually about 9.30 p.m., right around the time that she used to go to bed. And it was a pretty lonely existence, um, not just because I wasn't around other teachers, but also because my husband would go to bed without me and um, I wouldn't see him sometimes until he came home from work the next day. Layla is a special education teacher and she's organized. She takes pride in it. She color codes, makes lists of lists, she says. She's always been able to make the building blocks of her life fit together. 
find time to do all the invisible solitary prep and admin work that comes alongside teaching in a classroom. And here I was thinking, oh, this is going to be fine. I can teach my own kids and still respond to my students online and organize my lessons and respond to parent emails and do all of that during the day. It'll be fine. I'm a teacher. I've prepared for this my whole life. This should be easy, she thought, but it wasn't. It seems like you still have this idea that this is like your fault somehow. Is that, am I, is that right? Yeah, I think I felt like a failure. I'm exhausted and I'd love nothing more than to go upstairs and crawl into bed. This is from an audio diary I asked Layla to record at night while she was working. Today, my boys were um, especially touchy, getting frustrated easily, and my youngest was particularly emotional toward the end of the day. I think the quarantine is wearing on them, and uh, I'm just exhausted. Teaching in a building was so much easier than this. For a while, Layla thought she was the only one struggling, the only one staying up long past her bedtime to get her work done. Then, late one night, she was putting together a report about one of her students. And I started sending emails to a couple of teachers that I needed information from for the report. And I was thinking, I'm not going to hear back from these teachers until tomorrow, and that's fine. No big rush. And then... Pretty quickly, I discovered that two of the teachers were responding back at 11, 12. I think um, the latest I got emails back from another teacher was around 2.30 or 3 in the morning. And that first night when that happened, I was so surprised. In the very beginning, when I was doing this every night, I just felt so frustrated and angry even. Um, But then when I discovered that other teachers, the ones with children— who didn't have time during the day to get all of their work done, when I discovered that they were also online, I felt like, these are my people. I have found these other teacher moms um, who are just trying to keep their head above water. But I, I really felt like these are my people. Layla's been a special education teacher for over 20 years. She's got a PhD in it. And she loves her job. She loves the kids she teaches in second and third grade. It's such a warm, sensitive, kind class, and the students are hard workers, and um, we've just had a beautiful year with this class. Then, all of a sudden, the year came to an end. I noticed at lunch that several of the teachers in the lounge were huddled around an iPad. We cannot be in close proximity to each other. Watching for announcements. Let me read uh, from the order. And so, you know, I went over and asked, and they said, oh, we're, we're waiting to hear Mike DeWine's announcement about schools. The order reads, mass gatherings are defined as any event or convening that brings together one. I said, oh, what, what's going on? I mean, I knew about COVID, and I knew all of this was happening, but I had no idea that he would So we are announcing today. close the schools that children of the state will have an extended spring break. And so I heard what he had announced, and it was just such a shock. We had no no realization that this was going to happen, and we weren't really prepared. We have to take this action. And so we 
hurriedly got materials together and, you know, made packets for our students of things they could work on. When Layla and the other teachers left that day, they didn't know how long the lockdown was going to go on for. They didn't know that it would be the last time they saw their kids that year. We were so focused on getting work together for them just for a couple of weeks because we didn't know how long this would last, that we didn't take the time to celebrate our kids, to hug our kids, to tell them we would miss them. Um, And I think there's just no closure and, you know, there's a little bit of grief. I feel ineffective that I didn't get in as much as I could. Um, You know, there's a natural cycle to a school year and this year it was interrupted for everybody. When it all happened, though, Layla didn't have much time to think about any of that. She had to get started on her new second job, teaching her own children. I pretty quickly discovered my own three boys who all have special needs of their own. They needed me much more than I had anticipated. It turned out to be so much harder than I had thought. Um, You know, it's tough when that boundary is blurred between teacher and mom, because so many things that they would never complain about to a teacher, you know, they're going to argue with me and negotiate. Well, what if I do it for this long? What if I only read for 10 minutes? Then could I have video game? No, it's 20 minutes. Um, You know, they would never challenge a teacher. But Layla did what she does. She made a schedule. Now I usually sleep until 7.30 or 8. I get up and take care of the dogs and make breakfast for the littles, the four-year-old and the seven-year-old. Layla gets her 14-year-old up around 9.30, spends the morning working with the younger kids on their schoolwork. And while I'm working with them, I do have my laptop open, and I'm trying to answer emails, address problems when they come up. Can you clean up the toys, too? I have a dog I cleaned up. Okay. But that can be challenging because if I put my attention on the computer— then my boys have lost my attention. They have lunch. Layla's four and seven-year-olds go off for a nap in Animal Crossing, respectively. And she works one-on-one with the teenager. And then we break for lunch around 4, 4.30. The four-year-old usually wakes up. We all come back together and... All right, buddy, do you want to help me with dinner? Yeah. Okay, pour that in. That's yucky. It's not. It's mushrooms. They're good for you. Mushrooms? Yes. The littles like to help with dinner. How's this going to taste? Yummy. Good. And then after dinner, that's really when what I would call the golden hour after dinner. It's when the kids are all fed, so they're happy, and they play together well, and they don't argue. And during that time, I can really get a lot of the kitchen tasks done, you know, doing the dishes again and cleaning up in the kitchen area. Layla gets the kids bathed, puts them to bed. And that is when her workday begins. Around 9.30 and I think in the beginning, that was really hard. You know, I wanted that to be my own time. You know, this is when I used to be able to relax and put my feet up and, you know, watch a show or, you know, talk with my husband, just have a nice relaxing time. But, you know, now it's sitting down at the computer and starting working. It's been just over two months now since Ohio's governor ordered the state schools to close. And in that time, Layla's realized that her lonely hours up late at night, they're much less lonely than she thought they were at first. And I realized that other moms who work, whether they're teachers or not, 
other moms are doing the same thing where they're working till the wee hours of the morning. As a parent and a teacher, Layla straddles these two worlds. A parent suddenly in charge of teaching her own kids and a teacher trying to coach parents through becoming teachers to their children. The parents really work their tails off. These parents care so much about their children. And you can tell by the questions that they ask, you know, these emails that we're answering in the middle of the night are so specific to individual assignments. Um, and they, they just really want to do the best they can as sudden teachers for their kids. And for moms who have a job where they have to be on the phone or available during regular business hours, I think it must be so much harder. When Layla talks about how she organized her days before coronavirus, almost every moment is accounted for. Even her leisure time, even her lunch break. At lunchtime each day, I would um, sometimes go in the teacher lounge, but mostly I would stay in my room and grade papers or prepare for my afternoons. Now, Layla's lost the stray hours that she used to stitch together to make time for grading papers or preparing classwork or assembling the individualized lesson plans she needs to make for every student in her special education classes. Throughout the day, Layla gets small gasps of time where she can get some work done, answer some emails, but not much. I know that our district wants us to do um, Zoom calls if we can, you know, hold you know, occasional sessions with a class or with a small group of students or even one-on-one. But I know that if I take my attention off of my boys and say, you know, for the next half hour or 45 minutes, I'm going to be online and you can't disturb me, well, they're going to burn the house down. So I can't, (laughs) I just can't. If you think about it, it's not that surprising that teachers like Layla, who also have kids at home, are having a hard time getting everything done. Public school teachers are notorious for balancing on the edge of a knife, underfunded, understaffed, sometimes forced to crowdfund basic supplies for their classrooms. Layla says that her school district is pretty well-funded, but even there, teachers don't always have all the support that they need. Our district has done a pretty good job of supporting our financial needs. Um, Of course, we always long for more staff because our students need us in so many different locations in the building, and we can't be in all those locations at the same time. The lockdown hit Layla's carefully calibrated schedule like a ton of bricks. She wasn't on the edge of the knife anymore. She'd fallen off into the night. The house is so messy now that we're here all the time, um, you know, constantly cleaning, constantly picking up after everybody, or nagging the boys to pick up after themselves. Um, So there really is no time to myself now. Layla's been back to school once since it closed. She was there to pick up some things, gather her students' belongings into trash bags so their parents could come pick them up in a drive-thru the following week. And it's heartbreaking to see the notes that the teachers have attached to these trash bags. You know, I've loved working with you this year. I'm so sad that we didn't get to have an end-of-the-year party. I know you're going to do great next year. You know, having to wrap all those hugs and well wishes into a note is so hard. Um, but it, it's, it was really sad. In my class at the very beginning of the year, we made time capsules and students traced their hands and they measured their heights and they wrote their names and wrote sentences and um, did a lot of things to sort of capture who they were at the beginning of the school year. And 
my goal each year when I do a time capsule is at the end of the year, in the very last week, we break open the time capsules and do a comparison. You know, we trace our hands much bigger now onto our old hands and we measure our heights and oh my gosh, we're so much bigger. And we look at our handwriting and oh my gosh, we've improved so much. And um, it's just such a phenomenal difference. And as I was cleaning out my classroom, I came across my big stack of time capsules and I almost cried. I won't be able to celebrate these with my students. And when Layla went back to pick up the time capsules and some other stuff, she noticed that the school itself was actually kind of like a time capsule. All of the student work in the hallways was still hanging up. All the desks were still lined up in, uh, in their groups or in rows. You know, student materials were still sitting on tops of the desks, pencils and scissors and glue, as if the students are just going to walk right back in through the doors tomorrow. And Like a ghost town almost. Exactly. Um, they could just pick up right where they left off. It was a very eerie feeling. If you walk down the right street at the right time, the entire world kind of feels like that right now. Kind of like one of those scenes from a disaster movie, the outdated newspaper headlines and grocery specials fluttering in the wind. A slapdash sign taped to a restaurant door announcing that they're closed for who knows how long. A concert lineup from two months ago slowly aging behind a sheet of protective glass. It feels like time has frozen. And Layla knows that, in some ways, time has frozen for her students. Despite all her best efforts, the best efforts of her students' parents, there's just no way they're learning the way they were before, in person, together. I feel like it's sort of the closing of a really sad chapter in a book. Um, like, this isn't the end. You know, we don't know what's going to happen in the fall. Um, it doesn't feel like this is the end. Thanks to Layla for sharing her story. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Juggling life and work is hard enough as it is, but so many of you have reached out to tell us about all the other ways in which your life is being impacted right now. Reem Subay is a civil rights attorney in Perrysburg, Ohio. Reem decided to run for Ohio State Senate and had been out canvassing and organizing until COVID forced her to move her campaign online. It's not the same as sitting next to someone and breaking bread with them. Just last week, after a recount, Reem lost in the Democratic primary. Reem, who is Muslim, has also been observing Ramadan for the past month, in isolation. Ramadan during COVID-19 is tough because one of the best parts of Ramadan is having friends and family and large groups of people over for dinner and sharing those joyous moments with them. I've been very blessed in that I have some family and friends around me. 
And I have been blessed in that a lot of my friends are very Zoom and FaceTime savvy. So I've been able to communicate with them and perhaps join them over iftar time through Zoom or FaceTime. It's not the same, but I'm very grateful for the ability to be at home. And it's amazing how much time is available when one isn't constantly visiting the fridge. Thanks, Reem, for sharing your story. You can share your story with us by sending a voice memo to pitches at neonhum.com. Telescope is made possible by the world-class team of producers, editors, and engineers that make up Neon Hum Media. John Asante is the managing producer of Telescope. Today's episode was produced by Carla Green. It was edited by Vikram Patel and Catherine St. Louis. Our engineer is Mark Bush. Thanks to Matt McGinley for our theme music and to Blue Dot Sessions for additional tracks you hear on this episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Neon Hum Media. We've got a Facebook page now. You can join us there, just search for Telescope. We want to stay connected with you during this unprecedented time in our history, so really, please don't be shy. Share your stories with us. Our DMs are always open. We love to hear from you. If you have a story of life in isolation because of the coronavirus that you wish to share with us, you can email us at pitches at neonhum.com. I'm Jonathan Hirsch. Just two more days till Friday. We'll see you then. Hold up. 